6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Thursday morning with Machar, a week from yesterday, right? The 1st of November, this coming Wednesday. That's when Mordechai Shapiro visits JM in the AM. Talk about the brand new album. A whole bunch of stuff. He's got some unbelievable music out there. Some really amazing music. So that's Machar, Mordechai Shapiro, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday of next week, he appears here. On a JM in the AM. Levi Cohen at Kila Shem. You heard the PSS Nanigun done by Derek Achim. Uri Davidi with Billy B. Maslul Mechadash Avremel. It's Avram Fried and Regesh, of course. Modaani opening things up. 
and we say good morning. It's Thursday on this October 26th, day six in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5778, Tuf Ches. 55 degrees outside with 62% humidity. Winds are west at six miles an hour. All this, of course, at our main worldwide headquarters in Lower Manhattan, New York City. Afternoon showers with a high of 60, clear tonight, low 48, and then tomorrow sunny with a high air of Shabbos, 64 degrees. Yerushalayim right now at 79. We're at 55 in New York. We say hello to everybody listening in from around the world, no matter where you are. U.S., Europe, Africa, Asia, South America, wherever you are, thanks for listening in. Much appreciated. A lot of guests today, a lot of great things going on today, by the way. A lot of opportunities to um, follow up on some really important stories, and we'll do that all through the morning here at JM the AM, plus an amazing lineup through the day on the Nahum Siegel Network. In addition to that, remember tomorrow is Friday, which means weekly update. Weekly update, Malcolm Honline joins us 7.40 Eastern Time each Friday. We'll go through the news of the week, and uh, you get a chance to be uh, up to date on the on his analysis regarding the news. And um, if you um, if you know of people who want to hear the weekly update, but they claim to have trouble listening in for whatever reason, let them know about NahumSiegel.com. Let them know about the NSN, NahumSiegel Network app for both Android and iPhone. Let them know we have a call-in number where you could actually hear the network live at 605-562-4400, 605-562-4400. And obviously through archives and web radios and thousands of other options these days, uh, they could tune in as well. All right. I, I, th- I, I said this early yesterday also. I thank those who have accepted the role as uh, deputies, those who've accepted their deputizing to spread the word about the Nahum Siegel Network and JM and the AM. Thank you for proudly accepting that responsibility <laughs> Thursday Thursday morning broadcast plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM
strangers raising flags Seen you dressed in ashen rags Seen them all turn around Just like you I hold my ground But I stand quiet, I stand still Like a rock throughout the ages I'm just a stone from your home I'm Jerusalem stone And I've waited all this time See you in this land of mine And I've waited through the ugliness and grime See you in this land of mine
that one before unless we did it the day that Avi Peretz was here. That's his title track. It's a good song. Come on, Aish, here at the JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. It's a Thursday. <laughs> it's a Thursday. Full schedule here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We'll run through it for you, of course. Let you know exactly what to expect all day long. Um, Avi Peretz had Kamal Aish. Kivisi was done by Shalshelis Jr. Simcha Liner and Shalom. Bum, bum. That was Benny Friedman. Eighth day had Jerusalem Stone. And Michal Przanski opened it up with Miha Ish off of Shooting for the Moon. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galei Tzal in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up, of course. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari. Today's topic, being comfortable in the uncomfortable. That starts at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boca Toe from JM and the AM. במפלגות החרדיות תוקפים את פסיקת בגץ שתאפשר פתיחת מרכולים בתל אביב בשבת, שאותה הקריאה נשיאת העליון מרים נאור בטקס פרישתה מהתפקיד. כתבנו ניר שוויד. 
שר הפנים אריה דרעי הגיב על פסיקת בג"ץ ואמר, בג"ץ יוצר הפיכה של ממש. חבר הכנסת אייכלר אמר כי לא נותר לחברי הכנסת אלא לחוקק חוק מנטרל בג"ץ. ושר הבריאות יעקב ליצמן אמר כי זהו ניסיון בוטה של השופטים לפגוע בצביונה היהודי של המדינה. מנגד ברכו על הפסיקה שר הביטחון ליברמן וראשי המחנה הציוני ויש עתיד, אבי גבאי ויאיר לפיד. אף אחד לא יגיד לשני איך לחיות, כך לפיד. הנשיאה היוצאת נאור והנשיאה הנכנסת אסתר חיות התייחסו בנאומיהן בטקס למתקפות על בית המשפט. איננו עוסקים בכיפוף ידיים. אנו מכבדים את הכנסת ואת הממשלה, אך על רשויות השלטון האחרות לכבד את עצמאותו של בית המשפט. ההתקפות כלפי מערכת המשפט, ובעיקר כלפי בית המשפט העליון, הפכו חזון נפרץ. ולא נחסכו ממך כנסיעה במתקפות אישיות. את הקולות מבית המשפט העליון הביאו כתבותינו דור מימון ופי גוטמן. בארצות הברית ייחשפו היום לראשונה מסמכי סוכנויות המודיעין מחקירת רצח הנשיא קנדי, לאחר שהנשיא טראמפ אישר את פרסומם. ביומן החוץ בגלי צה"ל שמענו את פרופסור אבי בן צבי מאוניברסיטת חיפה, שסיפר מה נגלה עם חשיפת המסמכים. יהיה בהם לפחות רמז או יותר מרמז כדי להחשיד או להפליל את ה-CIA לא באחריות לרצח חס וחלילה, אבל ברשלנות, הזנחה. ואני מתנצל שאין כאן אקדח מעשן, זה יאכזב את אוליבר סטון או רוג'ר סטון, הקונספירציה יכולה להישאר בשוליים. בכפר גדעון שבעמק יזרעאל פרצה שרפה בבית כנסת שהיה ריק מאדם. לא היו נפגעים באירוע, וכמאתיים תלמידות פונו מבית ספר סמוך בעקבות העשן. כתבנו קובי מנדל מעדכן שכוחות כיבוי פועלים בשטח בשעה זו, ונסיבות פרוץ השרפה נבדקות. רשות ההגבלים העסקיים מאיימת לפתוח בהליכי אכיפה נגד עובדי בזק אם אלו ימשיכו לחבל בהתקנת הציוד הטכני של חברת פרטנר. כתבנו גל חן. עשרות עובדי בזק מפריעים לחברת פרטנר להתקין סיב אופטי בקריית אונו שיתחרה בתשתית בזק הקיימת. שר התקשורת ביקש מיו"ר הדירקטוריון דוד גרנות לפנות לעובדים שיעצרו את העיצומים. בינתיים הרשות להגבלים עסקיים מאיימת בפתיחת הליך אכיפה וגם הנהלת החברה פנתה שוב לבית הדין לעבודה בבקשה לצו בהול לעצור את עיצומי העובדים. טורניר אבו דאבי בג'ודו. הספורטאים גילי כהן וטל פליקר העפילו לחצי הגמר בתחרות בה הם משתתפים ללא סממנים ישראלים בהוראת איגוד הג'ודו העולמי. כתבנו אופיר יונתן. אחרי סערת הטיסות החלה היום נבחרת הג'ודו הישראלית להתחרות בטורניר אבו דאבי כשהיא מייצגת את התאחדות הג'ודו העולמית. גילי כהן וטל פליקר העפילו לחצי הגמר וינסו לזכות במדליה. שיר הראשון היא אמנם מודחה ברבע הגמר, אך תנסה לזכות במדליית ארד מבית הניחומים. מוקדם יותר ראשון היא גברה על יריבה מרוקנית שסירבה ללחוץ את ידה. מזג האוויר, עלייה בטמפרטורות, והן תהיינה גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך אריאל זיגלר.
JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki with Avinu. Someone requested eighth day for after the newscast. We did some eighth day earlier. We'll do some more coming up here at JM in the AM. Thanks for commenting on the app to all of you who are doing so. Ten minutes after seven o'clock, it is a JM in the AM uh, Thursday morning. Full schedule, of course, on the network all through the day. Tomorrow, weekly update. Malcolm Honline joins us, 7.40 Eastern time tomorrow morning. Make sure to be tuned in and uh, um, make sure to use the opportunity to get uh, information regarding what's happening in this amazing world of ours. Hey, I want to acknowledge a um, an effort that has uh, been undertaken by a close friend of ours um, to have some fun to um, to spread the genius of the President of the United States and, most importantly, to raise money uh, for important causes. Right now, if you go to 45setit, 45setit.com, that's 4-5, as in the President of the United States, setit, S-A-I-D-I-T.com, uh, you'll see that they have uh, created T-shirts all of which uh, feature interesting, important, or in some cases historic quotes from the President of the United States. And again, as I said, most importantly, the proceeds from every sale benefit charity right now uh, over the next uh, couple of months. Proceeds benefit the victims of uh, Mexico's recent earthquake and victims of Puerto Rico's recent hurricanes. You can check it out. It is uh, being done by a friend of ours, a tremendous effort not only to uh, spread the genius of the United States, of the uh, President of the United States, uh, but uh, even more importantly, uh, to raise some money and help people in need. It's, it says here as a tagline, it says, if you love Donald, you'll love these T-shirts. If you hate Donald, well, you'll love these T-shirts. So, <laughs> so uh, that, that is the, um, that is the uh, a story with that, and uh, everyone out there can use the opportunity at 45setit.com. Uh, to have some fun and to uh, give some charity. Thursday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM as we continue, as promised, with that selection from Eighth Day. My parents left me at the gate with goodbye. Just a kid I had to get by. Trim style jumpers, I found boys with no shoes. They had a plan, I just couldn't refuse Crammed in the back, we were hidden from view With no tickets, that's just what you do But when the cop came and he asked me my name He told me, son, it's time to change your game Change your game You've got a first class
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday with Eighth Day. One of a kind is the name of that one. Quarter after seven on a, um, a Thursday morning broadcast. Rabbi Shoal Rappaport is with us live via telephone. Pua, known for its work with fertility, medicine, halacha, has a symposium on genetics. What you need to know happening this coming Sunday, starting at 9.30 in the morning until 2 p.m. at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst, New York. Many distinguished presenters, including Dr. Edward Reichman, S.D. Rose, Dr. Susan Atlas, Dr. David Pelkovitz, Rabbi Gideon Weitzman, uh, Dr. David Kulak, will all be presenting on a variety of topics. Again, it's happening at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst. The event and the lunch are free. You do need to register, which you could do at 718-336-0603, 718-336-0603. There's also a website, puafertility.org, P-U-A-H, Fertility.org. By Shaul Rappaport, welcome to JM in the AM. Rabbi, you there? Hmm. I apologize. There we go. Rabbi Shaul Rappaport, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. My apologies for that. Hit the wrong button. Well, it says Symposium on Genetics, what you need to know. What does the average person uh, who's interested in uh, halacha, uh, medicine, fertility, etc., need to know regarding genetics. Well, the world is changing at a, you know, ever fast pace. Wherever we go, whatever we attend, they're always telling us how the world is changing and how fast things are moving. Right. And uh, if that's true in everything else, without a question, it's true in the world of fertility and the world of genetics. And many people in our communities are, you know, not not as well-versed in this area as they are in other areas. They still know that uh, the, sa- the same sort of information from 20, 30 years ago. So most people, you, you mentioned the word genetics, they go, yeah, we do testing before we get married, and then we're a match, we're not a match, and that's it. But uh, the world today is so much more advanced, so much more robust, and that gives a lot more power, a lot more opportunity, and sometimes alerts us to... to difficult situations, and then it creates a situation where we have to ask, how does one handle that? Right, and I'm just and, and I'm just thinking that um, so many people, young couples and others, so many people go directly to their rabbi 
to discuss mm-hmm. to discuss sensitive situations like this. It it, it is uh, certainly um, uh, the general community. I understand, and you're 100 percent right. But certainly, the rabbis in our community need to know what's happening in 2017. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's very important. It's extremely important for rabbis. Very important for everyone, but extremely important for rabbis because they will get couples or parents of, of potential couples coming to them with scenarios. And uh, you know, without without up to date information, they're going to have a hard time giving them the right sort of advice and guidance. Some of the things um, some of the things that are going to be addressed on Sunday include genetic screening, which you alluded to. There, it's mm-hmm. it is in fact a lot different than than a few years ago. Well, you know, the, they're con- constantly uncovering more and more uh, conditions which they could screen for today, right. and genetic markers, genetic abnormalities. And um, we, we have many calls every week from couples who are either engaged or about to get engaged, and suddenly they found out that their that their carriers um, of, a, of a potential serious illness, which gives them a one in four chance of having a severely ill child. Yeah. And so then there's there's ethical questions, there's halakhic questions. And uh, what are they supposed to do? Should they not get engaged, not get married? Should they get married and risk having a sick child? Because you could look at it as saying there's a 75% chance of, of everything being fine, which is not right. terrible odds, but 25% of, uh, of, of something you know, life-altering life, uh, and, and painful may be a little bit too high for most people's tolerance. So should they be advised to do IVF with, uh, with what they call PGD or PGS, pre-implantation genetic screening, where they'll select only healthy embryos. A lot of the time, the trouble is these couples find out by mistake. Right. Uh, they, weren't doing genetic, they weren't doing that kind of genetic screening as a lechatrila in the first place. They may have been at a doctor for another reason, and the doctor said, let's do this and this screening, and then they uncover it. Had they not done that, then they would have just been married and having kids, and God forbid. And unfortunately, we get those calls as well from couples who said, well, our first child is a carrier, and that's when we discovered. Well, our first child is ill, that's when we discovered that we're carriers. And what do we do now? How do we proceed? Wow. Talk about difficult questions, I'll tell you. Uh, Pua, Fertility Medicine and Halacha presents a symposium on genetics this coming Sunday from 9.30 in the morning until 2 p.m. at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst on Spruce Street in Cedarhurst. It, uh, registration is required, 718-336-0603, 718-336-0603. Website, puafertility.org, P-U-A-H, fertility.org. And as I said, genetic screening, what we can expect from science in the next decade, which must be a must not just be a topic, must be volumes and volumes in terms of what we could say about that. Uh, Shaduchim, which yeah, you absolutely Shaduchim, which you mentioned, for new frontiers in reproductive medicine. All of these issues will be discussed by a very distinguished panel. You've put together some of the top people out there. We tried to get people that are each one's an expert in their field. So we have a scientist who's at the cutting edge of research. We have a reproductive endocrinologist. We have a social worker, we have a genetic screener, and we have, of course, a rabbi from Pua. And between everyone, they sort of c- cover different angles uh, um, of the genetic and uh, fertility field. So each, each one can bring their expertise to the table. 
Rabbi Shaul Rappaport, he's a, um, a, a rabbinic counselor at the PUA organization, and uh, the event is happening this Sunday at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst. We'll continue to encourage our listeners to attend, Rabbi. A very, very, Excellent. very important topic, to say the least. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Uh, the PUA Symposium is at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst on Sunday, 718-336-0603, puafertility.org. Very distinct. If you didn't hear the list earlier, my gosh, a very distinguished panel, to say the least, of experts in this area who will be addressing the crowd on Sunday. Begins at 9.30 in the morning at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst on Long Island. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM. Ramadar, brand new here at JM in the AM. Good song, Yehudi Ma'amin is the name of that one. Thursday morning, 26th of October, 6th of Marrakeshvan. Good morning, all. Happy birthday, listener Simon. Happy birthday, listener Simon. 
can't say it enough. Everyone out there knows how uh, wonderful listener Simon is, how incredible a person he is, and what he means to this radio program and to all of our uh, wonderful efforts and projects. So I take this opportunity to wish a very, very, very happy birthday. Yom Huledet Sameach to listener Simon. And at the same time, uh, thank him for being so amazing. Uh, from all of us here at JM and the AM and the Jewish Unity Initiative and, of course, the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, more coming up. It's Thursday at JM. I want to remind everybody that the uh, that the end of year is coming up, and our friends at Bedford on Park want to remind all out there that if you want to plan an amazing holiday party for your uh, for your staff or your company, uh, a Hanukkah celebration for family and friends, whatever the case may be, Bedford on Park uh, can um, can hold uh, 100 to 150 people in a fantastic evening of delicious food and. Uh, Wonderful camaraderie. Uh, just check out Bedford on Park. They're at the northwest corner of uh, East 34th Street and Park Avenue. And you'll see nice ambiance, beautiful location, incredible party room. And if you take the entire restaurant, a wonderful atmosphere uh, to really make your company uh, party a wonderful event. Check it out now and uh, contact Bedford on Park. You can go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com, because their dates for the aforementioned parties that we are talking about are quickly filling up, and you want to make sure to get those reservations in ASAP. Bedford on Park, great sponsor of ours here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Big day uh, today for our network, of course. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it is uh, Charlie Harari on the topic of being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder at 9.30 with the latest political news. We call that spin class. Allison Josephs is on... Um, Allison is on at 10 a.m. with Jew in the City Speaks, and she'll have uh, Aussie Gourmet Naomi Nachman, our very own Naomi Nachman, discussing her role in the fifth annual JITC All-Star Awards uh, show and premiere party, which is coming up at the beginning of November. That's Live with Miriam L. Wallach. We'll feature an interview with uh, internationally acclaimed stand-up comedian Ashley Blaker. Uh, that happens between 10.30 and 11 on That's Life, and then we'll do a live lunch coming up between 11 and 1 o'clock, uh, which is always enjoyable. And um, I'm sure we'll include some of uh, our comments of what's been going on over the last week, etc., etc. So we'll have that all for you coming up here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be tuned in and enjoy. I want to remind everybody that our friends at OnlySimplest.com continue to provide amazing content, much of it, or some of it, I should say, to be to be honest, some of it from, from our radio broadcast on a regular basis, yeah. And those of you out there who want to check out not only Simcha News, but interesting stories from the Jewish world, go to OnlySimchas.com on a daily basis. Again, that's OnlySimchas.com, and you can check out all the different things that they are posting. They do have a variety of amazing things, so check it out today and every day, OnlySimchas.com. Also, a reminder, if you want to sponsor part or all of a JMN broadcast, uh, check out fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. That's the primary means, as you know, as we are listener-supported of how we continue on a daily basis. So we'd like to, uh, if you'd like to sponsor something in honor of somebody, for a foolish lemma for somebody, in memory of somebody, go to fjbunity.org. Again, that is fjbunity.org. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebin, Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizok. Good morning. Although the Torah says that the punishment for speaking Lashon Hara is tzaras, leprosy, we don't see 
that people who say Loshon Hara are punished with saras. They are punished instead with poverty. Poverty is like saras. In his younger years, the Chassam Soifer was the student of Rav Nosson Adler. Rav Nosson Adler was a very great and righteous scholar. He never forgot anything that he learned. Some of Rav Adler's actions, however, were greatly misunderstood by those who were ignorant. For instance, being a coin, he would duchen every day, which is usually done only on Yom Tov, outside of Eretz Yisrael. Some of the ignorant townspeople considered him peculiar. They even tried to drive him from the town by building up a strong opposition to him. Not a man who could tolerate strife, especially if he was the cause of it, Rav Nossan Adler left the city of Boskowitz, even though he was completely innocent. He returned to his hometown, where everyone knew and respected him. The Chassam Soifer, a loyal student, followed him. Years passed, and after Avadler passed away, the Chassam Soifer became a renowned Rav. His home became the address for all the needy, and the Chassam Soifer would help them speedily and efficiently. Once, he spent an unusually long time with one of the petitioners. The man was amazed at the special treatment, and he asked the Chassam Soifer why he spent so much time with him more than all the other people. The Chassam Soifer first gave him a donation and a letter so that he could do better in his collections. Then he answered the man, I remember when you lived in the city of Boskowitz. It was during the time of my Rebbe, Rav Nosson Adler. You and others went against him and finally caused him to leave the town. I once asked him how he, who devoted his whole life to the service of Hashem, could suffer so much, and those that disgraced him were not punished for their terrible deeds. He answered that one day they would all knock at my door, for they would become the victims of poverty. Rav Nosson Adler was well versed in the Zoyar, and he knew the punishment that was designated for those who speak Lashon Hara. Many years have passed. My Rebbe's predictions all came true. I kept track of the people who persecuted him, and they all became poor. Everyone except you. I was often bothered by that. However, today, when you came, I marveled at how the great Rabbi Adler had indeed accurately foreseen exactly what would happen. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM on a Thursday. Good morning, all. Don't forget, tomorrow it's weekly update day here at Jam in the AM, which means Malcolm Holmline will join us starting at 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning to analyze the events of the week, the news of the week, and uh, spread the word. Let everyone you know uh, know that they can tune us in. They can call the listen line at 605-562-4400. Listen on the website, obviously the NSN app for both Android and iPhone. Tell them to check it out. You know that once they do, uh, they'll be hooked forever. Uh, (laughs) I say with great modesty. Um, There's a brand new book out there. It is called Reason to Believe, Rational Explanations of Orthodox Jewish Faith. It is written by Rabbi Chaim Jachter. Rabbi Jachter, who has been a guest of ours before, has earned an international reputation as a get administrator, a consultant for community Erevin, and a prolific writer. His publications include Gray Matter, a series of four acclaimed volumes on contemporary topics in Jewish law. He is a veteran teacher of Judaic studies 
and one of the amazing crown jewels at the Torah Academy of Bergen County, a place very close to my heart, and Rabbi of Congregation Shari Ora, Sephardic Congregation of Teaneck, plus Dayan, of course, on the Basedin in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Rabbi Chaim Jackter, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Great to be on your program, Nahum. And I want to uh, just parenthetically mention that uh, the aforementioned TABC, Torah Academy of Bergen County, will have their open house this coming Sunday, beginning with registration at 9 a.m., the program starting at 10 a.m. for 8th grade students and their parents. And you can pre-register by going to tabc.org slash openhouse2017, tabc.org slash openhouse2017. Or by Jackter, I hope the brand new school year has gotten off to a wonderful start. Definitely. TABC really has emerged as the premier boys yeshiva high school in what I believe in the entire country. It is amazing. Very close to my heart. Rabbi Jackter's brand new book is called Reason to Believe, Rational Explanations of Orthodox Jewish Faith. Rabbi Jackter, has anybody commented to you how it's interesting that the subtitle contains the word rational and the word faith? Yes, many people have pointed it out, and it was a deliberate choice of my son, my son Benjamin, who also, by the way, is a TABC graduate, like <laughs> your son Benjamin. That's right. And uh, it gets to the point that faith, there's a faithful relationship between us and a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, it's, it's, it comes from the heart, it comes from the emotion on one hand, but it also is rational. One can be smart. And if and if one is smart, one does make the choice to be a religious Jew. Um, does an argument for faith necessarily also mean it is an argument for the existence of God, or are you assuming that anyone picking up this book has no problem with the existence of God, but might have a problem with faith and how to serve that God? This book is going to try to point out good reasons and why it's the smart choice to believe to believe in God, to believe that God wrote the Torah, to believe that God is still with the Jewish people, and that uh, the best way to live a life, the best possible way to live, the Rolls Royce of lifestyles, is the Orthodox Jewish way to live life. So you're arguing that, it, that this is a, just a major benefit, a major benefit for a man or woman out there to, to take on this, I don't know what many would call rigorous or uh, you know, a, a lifestyle that's 100% dictated by halacha, etc. That's the argument. In other words, there have been thousands of books about faith, both um, uh, and, and belief in God, both you know, inside the Jewish realm and outside the Jewish realm. But in this in this case, you're arguing, and, and this is really, I guess, the new angle of this publication. You're arguing that not only is it important to believe and to be faithful, but if you cho- choose this way of life, it will enhance yourself to the best way of life possible. Every every rule, every part of the Torah, every 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 restriction, every obligation that God does, He does completely in our in, in our best interest. God is a one who loves us. He wants to benefit mankind, and giving us the Torah, giving us the halacha, every piece, every last nook and cranny of the halacha is there for our best interest to live the best possible life. Um, As in the parasha, lech lecha, lecha. Right. It's for it's for you, Avraham Avinu. It's for you. It's in your best interest to do so. Um, if that's the case, you would have to address uh, what what usually ends up, um, you know, the the biggest arguments when it comes to the to the to the to those who are questioning belief and faith, and that would be, you know, some of the difficult things that happen in this world. You know, that God is supervising a world that contains a tremendous amount of evil. Uh, he has he is he is he has created a world where he has given us free will. Some might argue 
that the free will is not the best choice for us because it does lead to a lot of you know very terrible things. We discussed this at length, and one of the issues that we try to put forth is an idea from Ralph Soloveitchik, very powerful, that in gen- that many times we don't understand why God did or does what he does or did what he did, but in the end of the day, it's in our best interest not to know. It's part of the human condition not to know everything. It's, but it's a, it's a, it, it is in our best interest psychologically to, uh, on, on many levels, to not un- always understand as the reason for why God does what he does. Do you think, as many do, that because of technology and, and other advances, that it is, in fact, more difficult to be a person of faith today, or is that just a casual and convenient argument because it was just as difficult 100 years ago? God always makes a, an even play, playing field. There were challenges 100 years ago, there are challenges today. But there are, just as there are more challenges today, there are also more opportunities today. Today we have, we see Midinat Yisrael, we see the state of Israel, we see the beginning of the fulfillments of the return to, uh, to, to the land of Israel that's predicted by the Torah. You think about this, the Torah makes a prediction that we are going to be exiled to all over the world and that we're going to return. This shouldn't happen. It's like predicting that it's going to snow in August. When normally when people are exiled from their land, they should be completely assimilated and just be part of the ambient culture and lost as a people. And yet the Torah predicts the Jewish people are going to go against the norm. They're going to be exiled throughout the world, yet the day will come that they will return. And we've seen that. We've seen that today. We didn't see it 100 years ago, but today we see it. Yes, technology offers, offers challenges, but it also brings many opportunities, many opportunities for us for, uh, for, for Torah study, for, uh, for the archaeology that we see almost every year, something new. Just, re- just about a year or two ago, we found the, uh, the, the stamp from Chizkiyahu Amel, from right. King, King Hezekiah, from 2,700 years ago. And, and, and more and more opportunities on both sides, both a challenge and opportunity. Hashem always makes an even field for us to be able, on one hand, to have a challenge to, uh, to, to make and to have a choice to make to forge a relationship with him, but also plenty of opportunity for us to realize, to make the wise choice, the smart choice, to be a faithful servant and have a loving connection with uh, the creator of the world. You spend uh, your day uh, with teenagers. Is this a book for them? It's a book for teenagers, a book for adults, but it's not only for teenagers, and it's not only for adults. It's there. It's, it's intended for everybody. It's, I, I address questions that were presented to me, posed by youngsters, posed by uh, older, uh, older Jews, and it's really for, uh, it's, it's designed and edited with help of the uh, excellent uh, editing, editing staff at Koren to make sure that it is accessible and readable to everyone. When I mean, when I say everyone, everyone. It's written Aaron, not uh, not Aaron. Moses, not Moshe Rabbeinu. We try to write it in a way that every single person can find it, can find it, uh, can find the book accessible and understandable. Yeah, we agree with your uh, laudatory comments about Koren. Anybody out there who wants the book, by the way, can go to korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N pub.com. It's by Chaim Jackter. The book is entitled Reason 
to believe. You spend an entire chapter speaking about God's miracles, and we're talking about miracles of yesteryear, including Purim, and miracles of today, including the Six-Day War, and Tebi, rockets from Gaza, etc. Why do God's miracles play such an important role when it comes to belief? Because if a person's a smart person, he he can detect that God's hand is involved in this world. I'd like just to give you a little bit of a mush, a little give you an example. Why were there some people who were able to be smart enough to be able to resist Bernie Madoff, to bring a, a delicate topic? Because some people realized they thought that, my goodness, every single year a 10 to 15% return in the stock market. That's abnormal. There must be some sort of a manipulation going on here. So, too, the smart person recognizes when he looks at the events that are involved in Israel in 1948, 1967, 2014, with the rocket attacks from Gaza that caused relatively minimal damage. The fact that Israel exists every single day that Israel exists a miracle. It's an ongoing 69-year Hanukkah miracle of Rabim Diyad Ma'atim. Un- in- incredible. 70 years of-, of-, of a Hanukkah miracle right in front of our face. Many people ignore it, but the smart people are able to detect and say there's a manipulation going on. It must be that God is involved, to recognize that God's involved in this world. Not obvious, but subtle. Subtle in a way that's detectable, but gives us a choice. When there's a choice, there can be a relationship. And, but there's plenty of, of, of opportunity for us to realize God must be involved and to make the smart choice to believe and, and be completely devoted to him. You know, Abraham, Avraham Avinu, was in a generation where the majority of people scoffed at the uh, notion of there being a God. And certainly, if, if, if uh, presented with the same challenge that God gave Abraham, likely would have completely rejected it. You agree with that, right? I agree. And therefore, what was it, especially as we read these partios now and laud the incredible Abraham, our father, what was it about his personality that gave him the opening, the, uh, the wherewithal to believe that, in fact, uh, there, there is a God, and that it can't, that, that, and that society cannot be the way his predecessors thought it, thought the way it does operate. Because Avram Avinu, he's our father. He was smart, and we have his DNA, and we can be smart too. He made the smart choice. Other people didn't think. Avram Avinu thought. He contemplated, and after he thought and he contemplated deeply, and didn't just decide to follow what everybody else is doing. He came to the smart and wise choice to choose to live a life following and being, and, and being faithfully devoted to HaKadosh Baruch It's amazing. The book is great. It's called Reason to Believe, Rational Explanations of Orthodox Jewish Faith. Rabbi Chaim Jackter, everybody. You can check it out on the website, korenpub.com. Any other, I assume Judaica stores have it as well, Rabbi? Judaica stores, Amazon. It's very accessible, very easy to get. Greatly appreciate you spending this time with us. Best regards to all of our friends at TABC, and good luck with the book. Thank you so much for having me on your program, Nachum. A pleasure. Rabbi Chaim Jackter, he is um, the author of Reason to Believe, Rational Explanations of Orthodox Jewish Faith. It's an exciting book. Uh, Many of you um, might wonder, can a book about faith, can a book about belief be exciting? But it it is, with the, the chapter on the miracles, and he really does address some of the basic questions that so many of us ask in every generation, and uh, does it in a very um, a, a very uh, uh, easy-to-understand manner, which is uh, extremely helpful to people like myself. Rabbi Chaim Jachter, J-A-C-H-T-E-R, Reason to Believe, korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B. 
Com. More coming up. And again, a reminder, by the way, as we mentioned, by Jack Durr, of course, spends his days at TABC. Uh, their open house, I am proud to announce, is this coming Sunday. Registration starts at 9. The program begins at 10. Information, eighth grade parents, get your information now at TABC.org slash open house 2017. TABC.org slash open house 2017.
JM in the AM with Mordecai Shapiro. Another great brand new song from Mordecai. It's called Kulam. He visits us this coming Wednesday at JM in the AM. Circle the calendar, November the 1st, Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM. Mordecai Shapiro, uh, a new music alert Wednesday. We'll try to Facebook live that and uh, let you in in the studio here via Facebook into this conversation. Into our conversation, I should say. Um, that's happening Wednesday, November the 1st. Mordechai Shapiro in studio right here at the JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. It is a Thursday, full day here, of course, at the Nahum Siegel Network. Want to take this opportunity to wish a happy birthday to Yitzi Wolman. Yitzi Wolman is celebrating a birthday today, and we say happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. A full day, of course, here as uh, we continue on a Thursday. We have Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari coming up at 9 o'clock. Today's topic being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Uh, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder with Spin Class at 9.30 Eastern Time, the latest political news. Allison Josephs with our very own Aussie Gourmet, Naomi Nachman, in advance of the uh, big um, JITC, Jew in the City All-Star Award show. They'll speak at 10 o'clock this morning uh, Eastern Time. 10.30 for Miriam L. Wallach today. Starting at 10.30 Eastern Time, she'll speak with stand-up comedian Ashley Blakey. Uh, excuse me, Ashley Blaker. Uh, that's happening uh, starting at 10.30. And we'll do a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in on a Thursday, of course, here at JM in the AM. Happy birthday, Yitzi Wolman. We'll do this song for him from Avram Freed. You're listening to JM in the AM. Ich 
חזון הדמעות, הלוואי, ירושלים. הלוואי, נעלה יחנה לאן השם, במהרה בימינו אמן. הלוואי, ירושלים. J.M. in the A.M., Thursday morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. 8 o'clock in the morning, that was Halavai, done by Uri Davidi, brand new. A full day here at the NachumSiegel Network. Many of you have, uh, have heard the story of 22-year-old Jesse Galganoff. On September the 24th, he left his hometown of Montreal for an eight-month backpacking trip through South America and Southeast Asia, uh, was fulfilling his dream of traveling the world while taking a gap year before starting medical school. On September the 28th, he, uh, he texted his mother saying he uh, might be unable to communicate for a few days. He planned to hike the Santa Cruz Trail through the uh, Cordillera Blanca Mountains. He assured his mother he'd be reachable after October the 2nd. Now it's three weeks later. His mother has not um, heard from him. Uh, his mother, Alisa Clayman, is with us live via telephone from Peru. Alisa, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Uh, what's the latest? Could you give us an update as to uh, what your efforts have uh, have produced at this point? Uh, yes, there's, there's a lot of efforts ongoing. Unfortunately, nothing really concrete has come out yet. They're pursuing, the police are pursuing this along every front. There are searches in the mountains in the event that Jesse did make it to the trail, and he was lost somewhere along that path. There are search teams from the high-altitude police that are going through the area. We have private search teams going through the area. But so far, there's nothing. Um, there's also a criminal investigation because there's been conflicting statements made by a hostel owner in this town of Juarez, where I am. So they're investigating to see why he made these Contradictory statements, criminal warrants were issued, and they're continuing to look into that. They're investigating whether he made it to the town that's closer to the trail because there were, there were people who claimed that he'd been there. And the most critical information that we're still not in possession of is the information from his iCloud account. In fact, I can tell you that, and I've not even told anyone this because this happened last night, that Apple did release the data from his iCloud account directly to a member of the State Department in encrypted form. And when he was permitted to pass it on to me so I could forward it to our experts, it was unopenable. So we have now we have now begged the FBI to work on it, to decrypt it, because we can't even access the files, and that apparently is underway. So that's where the information is going to tell us where he was the morning of the 29th, if he was at the trail, if he was in the town of Karaz, if he was here in Juarez. If he was hiking, if he disappeared, we don't know. And the, and, and, the, and the hostel that you mentioned, we know for sure he stayed there or conjecturing he stayed there? 
So the first time that the hostel owner was interviewed, he said that he stayed there and he left early. He stayed there on the 28th and he left early on the 29th. The second time that the hostel owner was interviewed, he said he never came here, he never stayed here. We have digital information that definitely places him at that hostel during the day as he arrived in this town early in the morning of the 28th. But we don't have anything definitive as to whether he actually slept there overnight on the 28th because the last communication from his phone is the morning of the 29th. So that, loca- don't know where that, so that location's become the center of the police investigation, I guess. The criminal, the criminal right. investigation, yes, right. because, like I said, there's so many branches. The searches are, are just continuously ongoing. We're trying to get aircraft that makes sense. We're trying to use helicopters, but we need trained pilots that have the ability to search in these high-altitude areas. These are not really easily accessible areas. There's altitude, there's pressure, there's wind shear. Weather changes from one minute to the next, so we're just exploring absolutely every option and trying to get help from anyone that we can. Any idea how much uh, how much uh, ground he anticipated covering between then and October the 4th when he said it would be the next time he'd be in touch? You know, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm so sorry. I'm sure that people know what the length of that trail is. I know there was a, a route that he had planned that he sent to his friends that went from a town called Tasha Pampa to the other side called Vicaria, but I really, I'm sorry. I just yeah, my, my point place. My point being it's likely many miles, right? We're talking about a large area, I'm sure. I would imagine, yes. Uh, Alisa, some, very, some very difficult terrain. Alisa's with us live via telephone. She is the mother of 22-year-old Jesse Galganoff, who many of you know at this point already disappeared during a hiking trip in South America. Uh, well, the obvious question from us in, in a case like this, after what you've described, is there anything we can do. We pray for him. We're all concerned. And you know that the worldwide community has certainly paid a lot of attention to the situation. Yes. I'm grateful for that. We've got people reaching out from everywhere. And it's really wonderful to know that there's so much support. You can, if there's anyone who has any resources that they think would help, you know, we've got people reaching out, really trying to, to help us with the aircraft. There's people who are, I mean, one of Jesse's friends started a GoFundMe page. And this is money that's going to go and help I don't even know what this is costing, to be honest. I'm just doing whatever I can. Right. We've hired anyone that we can possibly hire to do this. So just keep his name out there. And I want everybody talking about him and looking for him. And just because we had a social media campaign, some girl who had taken a picture of herself on the bus going to Juarez, and it didn't help us because it would predate finding that we're looking for, but she had him in the background of the picture. And she sent it in to one of the sites that was monitoring all communication and I have a picture of him on the bus going to Juarez on the 28th. Maybe there's other pictures. Maybe somebody was in Juarez on the night of the 28th. Maybe someone was in Caraz. It's just getting his name, his picture out there. And as you know, there's a, there's a reward for information, and maybe that'll help somebody come, come forward in the event that someone does know how to lead us to Jesse. Someone has to have seen him. Understood. I will certainly continue to circulate the story. And uh, as you just mentioned, if anybody out there has any any clues or hints or, or possible information that could help, please be in touch. The go when you said GoFundMe, you meant that specific site, right? The GoFundMe.com. Yes, it started. I'm, I'm not the one who started it, but I'm sure if you look up GoFundMe, Jesse Galvanoff, there's donations coming in, and I just am overwhelmed by the support. And I'm grateful. All right, Elisa. I'm not quite sure what to say other than uh, we are with you. As strange as that may sound, and a lot of people around the world are with you, and. Uh, we are hoping, we are hoping, we are praying, and we'll continue to spread the word. Hopefully, we'll help with some concrete information. Thank you very much. Prayers have to help. Alisa Clayman, she's the mother of Jesse Galganoff, a 22-year-old from uh, Montreal who disappeared during this hiking trip in South America. 
And uh, as you heard, you never know what piece of information or what someone may know or what picture they may have taken could possibly be helpful. If you're not familiar with the situation, you can um, uh, you could certainly uh, search his name, Jesse Galganoff, and you will uh, uh, see plenty about the story as the worldwide Jewish community and worldwide community in general pays more and more attention to this, and we pray that we have very positive results very, very soon. Thursday morning broadcast, JM and AM at 7 minutes after 8 o'clock. As we continue full day, of course, we've been saying on our network, uh, with a lot of programming uh, that you'll find interesting as usual for a for any day, but certainly for a Thursday. So make sure to be tuned in all through the day and tune in uh, through all the different methods. If you know people out there that are um, that are hesitant to use any of the 2017 methods to listen to us, whether it be the app, whether it be the um, website, web radio, archives, anything that falls into the 21st century. Uh, seriously, if they want to hear your weekly update tomorrow or want to hear any of our programming on a daily basis, they can hear the network live by dialing a phone number, 605-562-4400, 605-562-4400. And the topic of technology, also please keep in mind that soon the old JM and the AM app is going to be completely obsolete. So if you are an app listener, make sure you are listening on the Nahum Siegel Network app. But first of all, it has alarms and it has uh, archives and has has um, all of our shows. has everything you can imagine. So that's one reason you should do it anyway. But aside from that, the other uh, app is going to be obsolete very soon. So make sure you have Nahum Siegel Network on your Android or iPhone to enjoy a complete listening experience. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM with Mordechai Ben David. <laughs> Thank you. 
selection off of the uh, Mona Volume Number 7 album. Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to Leia and Rabbi Joe Blumenthal, a brand new baby boy, mazel tov. And to their other boys, we say mazel tov on being big brothers. <laughs> uh, Leia and Rabbi Joe Blumenthal, Fairlawn, New Jersey. Uh, brand new baby boy, mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And yes, that is the same Leia and Rabbi Joe Blumenthal who uh, just a few weeks ago, I would have said we're from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So we say Mazal Tov, and from uh, uh, Aaron Teitelbaum and the entire Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra, and of course uh, from uh, from JM and the AM and the entire Nachum Siegel Network, we say Mazal Tov to the Blumenthal family uh, on this wonderful occasion. Thursday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. Keep it here at JM and the AM with Derek Achim. Shalom, 
A.M. and the A.M. Billy B., it's um, Uri Davidi. I played it earlier. I just had to do it again. Um, I think it's a, a unique song, to say the least. Billy B., any ohev, kol yehudi. What a unique message. J.M. and the A.M., good morning. 
If you want to sponsor our 24-plus hours of call. Oh, before that was Derech Achim with Lachad Odi. And, um, and, uh, and before that one was Mordechai Ben David with the uh, Hakola Tova album. Hakola Tova selection off Mona volume number seven. If you want to sponsor part or any of our, um, uh, part or all, of our 24-plus hours of Kalbach, which is coming up starting next weekend, Saturday night beginning uh, right after uh, Shabbos Parshas Vayera, uh, go to the website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Uh, all the information about sponsoring any part of our broadcasts are there. Again, fjbunity.org. And um, if you want to sponsor something in honor of someone, in memory of somebody, or for Shlema for somebody, you could do it right there on the website. Uh, all the people that are gathering for challah bakes tonight, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, over 300 locals in New Brunswick are coming together at the Rutgers Hill for the second annual Middlesex County Great Big Challah Bake. Mazal tov to everyone down there. Uh, New Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island. They have their big challah bake tonight at 8 p.m. Enjoy that. Um, the Brooklyn Challah Bake was already? I don't know if it was already or if I just didn't put it in, put it where it belongs in our community calendar. Uh, oh, here it is. I think this is it. Um, yeah, the Shabbos Project, J Inspire, Project Inspire, invites you. Oh, no, that was last night. I apologize. All right, so the, <laughs> the big Brooklyn one was last night at Packplex. I hope that went well, and all the hollow bakes, I hope, are going well um, as people lead up to the Shabbos Project weekend. Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. And um, a reminder that Safam is coming to the Atid Society um, in Livingston, New Jersey. Our friends at the Kushner Schools, December the 3rd. And as I have said more than once, if you, uh, if you have never been to a Safam concert, it is a worthwhile live experience, one you will enjoy. They are pretty remarkable. Uh, you can go to Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy website and um, get all the information. And we hope to see you there December the 3rd for that unique event. The Atiz Society always brings together interesting uh, musical presentations. This year's Safam concert will certainly uh, live up to that reputation. Uh, we are expecting a great night December the 3rd in Livingston, New Jersey. Um, I want to remind you that on the 1st of November, this coming Wednesday, Mordechai Shapiro will be live in studio here at JM and the AM. Spread the word, everybody. Mordechai Shapiro live in studio. Big shout out to our friends at Bedford on Park. Chef Alex continues to make those delicious steaks, that, that incredible lamb bacon, the wonderful burgers. He even has great salads and, uh, and fish dishes. How do you like that? Yeah, does a lot of great things. Bedford on Park is uh, located on the northwest corner of uh, Park Avenue and 34th Street in New York City, 61 East 34th. Chef Alex with that unique, uh, the unique uh, menu, uh, wonderful lunch, great dinner, phenomenal um, a party room for Shever Brachos and more. And now Bedford on Park reminds everybody, if you are putting together a holiday party for you and your staff, a corporate holiday party or a Hanukkah celebration for family and friends, whatever the case may be, um, make sure to um, contact Bedford on Park. 
They have a, a location that can accommodate 100 to 150 people in a beautiful, uh, comfortable environment, great ambiance, and delicious food. Go to bedfordkitchen.com for information, bedfordkitchen.com. And again, they're located at 61 East 34th Street in New York City. Get those holiday party reservations in today. More coming up. It is JM in the AM with Shimon Kramer.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast with Sandy Shmueli. That's called Mi Adir. Uh, before that one, it was um, Shimon Kramer. Brand new single called Asha Heil here on a uh, J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning. Full day on our network. Make sure to be tuned in all through the day as we uh, feature some of our amazing hosts and the great shows. Uh, someone pointed out on the app, as I mentioned the challah bakes earlier, someone pointed out on the app that the Kingsway Jewish Center in Brooklyn, speaking of Brooklyn, which we were earlier, uh, Kingsway Jewish Center um, has a challah bake tonight in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, among uh, many of the challah bakes that have been taking place between last night and tonight, and will take place tonight, uh, as we lead up to the big Shabbos project for Shabbat Parsha, Lech Lecha. Uh, well, we were made aware of a situation in uh, California um, by someone who contacted us uh, contacted us after Yuntif. We were tr- we were told that people out in California and those who've heard the story are truly inspired by a family who unfortunately lost uh, 
close to, if not everything, in the fires of Marin County that we've been hearing about here on the East Coast, but can't uh, can't relate to the uh, the tragedy that uh, so many people are suffering from out there. Uh, it happened over Cholamoid, and first responders knocked on their door in the middle of the night, told them they have to leave, and the youngsters, the children in the family, had a unique perspective as they left the house and evacuated. To clear up this story and to uh, inspire us, no doubt, uh, Justin Rosenthal is with us live via telephone. It is his family that we're referring to that was affected in this uh, direct and difficult way by the wildfires out in California. Justin, thank you for getting up very early. You're out there on the West Coast, and welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, so first of all, where are you from uh, specifically? What city in California? So we're in the city of Santa Rosa, which is in Sonoma County. Uh, you had mentioned um, Marin County. That actually was not affected by the fire. We are in Sonoma County, which is also next to the areas of Napa, which are the prime wine country areas of Northern California. And as the wildfires go, this is like close to the epicenter of everything? We were ground zero. Wow. And and just to share a little bit, just reference, and then we'll speak a little bit about what my daughter was able to do. This fire started, um, it was going into midnight leading into Monday, October 9th, and about 11.30 or so, while everybody was asleep, the power had gone out. Nobody thought about it, and we were sound asleep. This is Holomoid, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. And um, about 3.30, um, one of my children, I've got four children, three are were home with us. One was at college. Uh, a fire truck was speeding down the street saying, evacuate, 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 as it was fleeing turned out to be uh, 60 mile an hour winds blowing fire everywhere and uh, so my sons well one of my sons woke up and screamed and said there's fire and we literally had seconds maybe 20 25 seconds to get out of the house go downstairs into our garage now mind you the power's out everything is pitch black um, the garage door, of course, is an electric garage door, and there's no power, so we're trying to find where the cable is that you pull for an emergency to open the garage. We're lifting it up. The garage door is very warm, feeling it from the back of our hands like this is not good. Open it up, and everywhere we see nothing but walls of fire. Oh. Uh, but then to add to the problem, as we see walls of flame, at the top of our driveway, we have a security gate, which, of course, is electric, and, again, no power. So a mad dash was made up to the driveway to pull open the gate um, and run in, back into the car and drive through walls of fire. It was unbelievable. Uh, how bad was it? We were saying the schma in the car. We didn't think we'd make it. I mean, had you even? I mean, just, that's miraculous that you escaped. This is miraculous. Yes, unfortunately, neighbors of ours did not escape. Wow. The other part about it is when people are saying there was warnings and whatnot. Many people in the neighborhood had no warning, um, which is the the scary part of all this. Justin Rosenthal with us from California. Yeah, and 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 that leads to my next question, which is not a judgment, just because we're not used to living under this type of situation in California, obviously it's much more common. The night before, were you told anything? Was there a, you know, were, were people on there, you know, at the alert because they thought something might happen or might come into that area? Like, what, what, you go to sleep knowing what? 
Nothing, zero. There was wow. no warning. There was nothing at all. It's just that there was very high winds. I think they said the winds were 50, 60 mile an hour, which is in itself very strange. Um, they don't know what the cause of the fire is. They believe it was transformers, possibly, um, that exploded. But it was flames that were traveling as fast as the wind, um, and it just caught people off guard. Some people did get warnings um, from fire trucks and friends saying, hey, I noticed the hillsides are on fire, but we had no warning. Um, have you been back there since this happened? We just went back yesterday. And to describe it, um, I think the best way to say is it looks like a nuclear bomb hit the entire area. In Santa Rosa, just to give you an idea, of a town of 150,000 people, um, over 3,000 homes were destroyed. I work in healthcare. One out of six doctors, one out of six nurses and other health professionals in the county uh, lost their homes. Um, there's a mad rush to get, you know, to find housing. We were unsuccessful to find a place, so we're actually now going to be relocating to the city of Oakland um, and then just pick up the pieces from there. Literally starting from scratch. Right. And if we've got a few minutes, I did want to share something I think that your listening audience would find, I think, very meaningful. My daughter, her name is Mariah. She goes to Camp Stone in Pennsylvania. And she related her experience to her older brother, Daniel, who goes to UC Berkeley. He attended uh, last Shabbat at Chabad, um, their Friday night Shabbat service, and... Um, Mariah and my son Daniel spoke, and she composed a very short um, story of what happened from her perspective and the story about this Mashiach bag um, that apparently has gone viral, and I think it's very inspirational. And if you've got a minute or two, if I could just read what she wrote. Yeah, for sure. I just I, and, and included in it will be the background of, of what a Mashiach bag is? Yes. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Okay, so this is, I'm just going to read her word for word. And, and just to remind our listeners, as the Rosenthal family was awoken by this fire, you have under 60 seconds to leave the house, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So it's just reading what she wrote here. This is a true story about my family and my sister. This is from the perspective of my older son reading this at the Chabad, um, is his words. This is a true story about my family and my sister, Mariah. When I told her I wanted to share her story, she insisted on writing it for me and left me three instructions. Take a breath before you start, read it word for word, and inspire their souls. <laughs> and this is her words. Last Monday, my family in Santa Rosa was startled awake at 3.30 to our house burning. Sorry for choking up. It's that emotional. Yes. Uh, not just our home, but our whole neighborhood was an inferno. It was a dangerous and narrow escape. We had no time to take anything, family photos, heirlooms, IDs, cell phones, not even socks. For Hashem, my parents, my three siblings, and my grandparents, who are in their 90s, escaped just in time. And then this is my son Daniel's words here. My younger sister goes to a Jewish summer camp at Camp Stone in Pennsylvania. One summer, campers were encouraged to pack a backpack they were given a pack they were not given a packing list nor told where they were going each camper had to decide what is important to have anywhere at any time they called them mashiach bags 
the idea is that your bag is already packed with your most meaningful possessions to, pr- to prove you are ready to greet Mashiach, even ready to leave everything else behind in a moment. When my sister returned from camp, she packed her own Mashiach bag and hung it on her door in her bedroom. So there she was in our burning house with little time. She remembered her Mashiach bag. Although our family and grandparents' homes and everything inside burned, my sister's Mashiach bag became our family's only possession. And what was inside? It was her diary, a sadaka box, a mezuzah, and a list of her favorite quotes, and eight family photos, including the family pictures with our grandparents and some of my parents' wedding pictures. We were shocked to see that because of her Mashiach bag, eight family pictures survived. And they were talking about, um, this was last for Pasha, uh, Parsha Noach, and the comment was, Parsha Noach begins with a one-of-a-kind verse. Noah's name appears three times. There are no other lines in Torah where a name repeats three times. One explanation for the repetition is that Noah was one of the only people to experience the world before, during, and after a natural disaster, the flood, the Noah. Uh, the, the name Noah repeats because through it all, Noah was still Noah. Even though a Mashiach bag is just a bag full of things, those things are eternally meaningful to my family. Because my sister eagerly anticipated Mashiach, those family photos will continue to bring meaning to my family. So I want to leave you with one last thought. Think about what is eternally meaningful to you, what helps to elevate your life every moment. When the moment comes, what will you grab and ask yourself, are your bags packed? Shabbat Shalom. So that's what uh, I shared. Amazing, and and that and that literally is all you have is whatever she had in her bag. Yes, and you know we're we're a family who we we give with our heart and resources everything to the community, and now we find ourselves in a situation where we sleep at a different home almost every other night, um, just going from friends to friends, uh, trying to pick up the pieces. I I'm not working because the place that I work is currently closed because of the fire. So we're going to just have to pick up the pieces. Um, and, you know, we, Baruch Hashem, the Jewish community, um, Beth Jacob in Oakland, California, Modern Orthodox Shul, have been just so kind to us. Uh, NCSY has reached out and is uh, assisting us as well. So Unbelievable. it's going to be a long, long haul. I was um, told that a couple other notes that, first of all, the, the, I was told your son grabbed his tefillin. That that was his priority. Yes, and he just grabbed his tefillin and talus, and that was it. And I was told when you got to Beth Jacob in Oakland, your greatest concerns were to make sure to bench Lulav and Esrug and to replace the Sidurim, which had been given to the bar and bat mitzvah uh, uh, children in your family, which came with a lifetime guarantee that the synagogue would replace it if something ever happened to them. And apparently on Shemini Atzeres, the yuntiv that followed this disaster, the rabbi, in fact, presented your whole family with brand new sidurim. Right, and it was just an emotional, emotional moment, and it was absolutely beautiful. A little funny, or funny, but interesting side note. <laughs> so we went back to the house yesterday, finally, because it's been quarantined. You've got military police protecting the area because we had problems with looters, but we got back to the site of what was our home. The only thing 
that we found, aside from a car sitting that was scorched in the driveway, was um, S-Rog. We found ah! the S-Rog sitting <laughs> unscathed. And so my, my daughter Mariah picked it up. We have it. Um, it's remarkable. Unbelievable. A uh, couple of things. Uh, we, we were sent the list of um, specific farms, specific holy books uh, that you, your son, your family um, would love to have replaced. Is this, I mean, I, I assume this list is for publication. Anybody who wants to uh, send you guys something, you're more than more than happy to accept it at this point. Am I right? Yes, it, it's true. I mean, that's the only prized possession. You know, everything else we can rebuild, but we're a family of great faith and that's what keeps us going. That's what's holding us together. And yes, we would welcome support in that respect. And, and what would be the best way in general uh, for people out there who want to, um, you know, help get your family back on its feet? Would it be best for them to, to send what they wish to the synagogue or to another place? What would be the best way to do this? Uh, that's a great question. So I guess the best way is that they could send uh, items to the Beth Jacobs Synagogue that's in Oakland. Um, and I would be happy to see if I could find the address um, close by here. Um, yeah, that's something we could do. That's not a problem. Yeah, that would be that would be great. And sure. and just literally put it uh, to the Rosenthal family care of Beth Jacob out there, and uh, and they'll make sure you get it. Yeah, that would be great. And I do have the if the people do want to reach out, it's Beth Jacob. Uh, the telephone number, if that's would be helpful. The address, I don't know, not sure what's best for your. Yeah, we'll give, let's give, let's give out both. Let's start with the address. Okay, so the address, actually, the phone number's not even listed on here, but the address is 3778 Park, P-A-R-K, Boulevard. That's in Oakland, California. And the zip code number is 94610. All right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, list for our listeners in a moment after we finish our conversation uh, uh, what, what I have in front of me in terms of those as far as the holy books that uh, the family has has spoken about. Um, all right, uh, I, I, you have <laughs> you have floored us, and your daughter and son, through your words, have uh, completely inspired us uh, with the aftermath of this story. I, I am I am sorry for um, uh, for reverting back to some of the details, but but when you went back yesterday, you said the only thing there intact, so to speak, was the S rogue. Correct. Uh, was there anything else that of value to you? that even had remnants? Like, I mean, we talk about photos and, and things that are meaningful to you. Is there, were you able to even, you know, un, to, even, uh, to even realize that, you know, certain items were certain items, or was everything completely obliterated? Completely obliterated. I mean, to, just to give a visual, there was a car parked in the garage, a little Honda Civic. Um, it's about four inches in height at this point. It melted down to nothing. It's unbelievable. So the heat, the intensity of the heat from the fire was so great that things that you would think would just be a still a shell, this in this case was melted completely. Unbelievable. Thank God you and your family are safe. Thank you, Nachum. Thank God they're safe. And this adventure now is already, uh, I would guess what, already uh, this Monday will be three weeks if I'm not mistaken. It'll be three weeks, exactly. Three weeks this Monday and obviously a very long road ahead. Let us know if there's anything else we can help with in terms of uh, uh, helping your family because you've inspired us. And I know a lot of people around the world and certainly a lot of folks uh, in this area have been um, have been sharing your story because of the inspiration you've provided since this happened on Cholomoy Tzokis. Right. Thank you. And Nachum, if I can just take five seconds. Sure. Just one of the things I always like to see is, you know, what's the, the, the silver lining in all this and what is the takeaway and the learning for 
everybody to hear from this. One thing that we found to be very important for everybody, if you've got anything of, of documents or photographs, have electronic copies of these and keep them in the cloud because we spent um, two days ago an entire day just with FEMA trying to recreate birth certificates, wedding certificates, um, social security cards, things of that sort. And if we had kept electronic copies, our lives would be a lot better. Unfortunately, we don't have that, so the takeaway is keep electronic copies in the cloud of all the things that are important to you and make sure that your smoke detectors work. Very important messages. Thank you for that, and uh, and uh, continued haslacha as you continue to rebuild with your family, and we will uh, certainly be in touch down the road. Thank you, Justin. Thank you very much. Justin Rosenthal, you heard the story. Unbelievable. Uh, there's a list, as I mentioned, a list of sfarim uh, that the family has specifically requested if uh, anybody out there would, would like to help them replace uh, sfarim, and uh, there's no doubt um, uh, people out there who'd like to help. Um, they are looking for Chovat HaTalmidim in both Hebrew and English, Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, The Lonely Man of Faith, a Tanakh with English translation, Stone Edition, the Midrash says, Schattenstein Megillah and Brachos Bab Metziah, third parak, Rav Dessler's Strive for Truth, Aryeh Kaplan Jewish Meditation, Derech Hashem Hebrew English, English Tanya, Kol Dodido Fake, and Living Emuna. That is the list they put together of the different things they're looking for. I would assume that uh, between um, so many people out there in the world of Judaica and uh, some uh, of the people throughout our community, that is a list that we can... Um, that we can fulfill. Uh, those who'd like to help the Rosenthal family, uh, as we recommended, you can uh, be in touch with the Rose Rosenthal family at the following address, Rosenthal Family Care of Beth Jacob Synagogue, 3778 Park Boulevard in Oakland, California, 94610. Again, that's Rosenthal Family Care of Beth Jacob Synagogue, 3778 Park Boulevard in Oakland, California, and the zip code 94610. You are listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Well, uh, as uh, as you would expect from this audience, as you would expect from our community, listener David in Lakewood, New Jersey, has just called me that he will be donating the entire list of Svarim requested by the Rosenthal family to the Rosenthal family. So those of you out there who uh, were, were thinking of doing that, now you, we could turn our attention to other things and other needs that the Rosenthal family has. And uh, listener David, I thank you for that. And again, we can now turn our attention to uh, the needs of um, the Rosenthal family that are other than the list of Sfarim that they had requested. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Thursday for us. Plenty more coming up. Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. Then Spin Class, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder with the latest political news. Jew in the City Speaks. Allison is with Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, our very own Naomi Nachman, about the fifth annual Jew in the City All-Star Awards show. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life at 10.30. Brand new show as usual with stand-up comedian Ashley Blaker. Live lunch starts at 11. Make sure to be tuned in, everybody. It's always fun. It's always different. It's always interesting. Sometimes it's always crazy. So that's between 11 and 1 for the live lunch. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. Bye.